Hello, and welcome to episode number two of the OWL podcast. In this episode, we're speaking to Bobby Mead. Bobby is currently residing in Florida and has extensive background in Part 135 and Part 91 scheduling. If you would like to get a hold of Bobby directly, drop us a note at dispatch at ldaviation.net. Good morning. Today we are going to talk with Bobby Mead, and he has been in our industry for over 18 years, both in 135 and 91, and airline as well. And today we're going to learn a little bit about his background um, and hear about his path into this career field. Good morning, Bobby. Morning. Thank you very much for taking your time to hang out and chat with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I will. Can you tell us tell us a little bit about how you got into this industry? Because I think everybody's path is different. I kind of fell into the scheduling part accidentally. Um, I was working uh, in airport operations, um, part 139, and a few of my friends had gone over to a um, charter and management company uh, previously, and they had kind of thought it would be a good fit for me. And uh, I interviewed there and kind of went from there. Um, and like a lot of the industry, that company no longer exists and was bought out and has grown and you know, become a very, it's renamed, but it's a small part of a much larger uh, management okay. company. So I'm curious, a lot of people in our industry just kind of fell into it similar to that. So what type of, did you have any aviation background beforehand? Do you, did you like aviation? I've always been into aviation. I, I went to college for aviation management. Uh, I graduated Arizona State University, did some flying out there. Uh, always thought my career path was going to be pilot. Um, and at this point, I had actually gone back to school for aviation. Um, Fuel prices were very high. The economy was very uncertain. So <clears throat> I actually stopped with the professional flight degree midway and switched over to management. Um, okay. So it just became kind of one of those, like I knew I wanted to be working with airplanes or around airplanes and travel. Um, also at the time, I didn't really know how many facets of it there was. I really just knew airline, private, didn't really know there was so much behind the scenes. Uh, as far as any of it went. I find that's a very common theme. Yeah, it's very common. Well, cool. Well, after that first um, first job there in aviation, Ben, where did you go? Um, we were being sold at the time, and I wasn't sure if I should stick around or kind of jump ship. And there was an uh, open position at Pepsi. Um, they had a Part 91 flight department out of White Plains, New York. Um, so I was over there uh, just about three years. Um, and then, again, uh, similar situation. Um, former coworkers and friends reached out to me that were at Solaris and said, we think this would be a good fit. Why don't you come over here? And because we had always wanted to move to the Gulf Coast, um, the fact that Solaris and a lot of these flight coordinator positions now are remote. It 
was a good choice for us. Um, so we were able to leave the Northeast and come down to the nicer weather. <laughs> nice. So, That's awesome. Yeah. How long have you been now in Florida? Uh, five weeks. <laughs> Refresh. Five weeks. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's great. Okay. So you guys are really like still enjoying all of that. You yeah, getting out of the. Yeah. Yeah. We're still in the honeymoon no more vacation phase. <laughs> okay. All right. Excellent. Very cool. Well, um, tell us a little bit about um, maybe your favorite piece of the job or like what, what do you excel at? What part do you like the most? Um, I feel I do my best under pressure. It's, it's not, I don't want to call it fun. It's not fun when, you know, a particular ASAP or mechanical situation appears, but it's kind of like, okay, I need to get this done. I need to get it done now. And it needs to kind of be flawless to make sure, especially with the 135 operators, you know, they're paying a lot of money to use these jets and they want the product that they paid for. So not that 91 isn't just as important. It's just it's a little bit more added pressure with the um, charter customers, I believe. Or yeah. At least in my past right. Experience. So, yeah. Mhm. Mm yep. No, I I don't doubt that at all. I have very little experience in 135, but yeah, I don't I don't doubt that. Um, so with your background in flying a little bit, do you do any of the flight planning or um, maybe more technical pieces um, when you're working in 135? No, I haven't in a long time, and I'm actually. Um, little disappointed that I haven't had a role where I could keep those skills up. Um, the last few positions that I've held, that was generally all done by the pilots. Every now and then, you know, if you spot something uh, along the route or something where I would sometimes suggest to the pilots, like, hey, maybe we should stop here and fuel is cheaper. It's a little bit more along the route kind of thing. You know, I'll add my two cents. Um, sometimes it's welcome, sometimes it's not. Um, but yeah. for the most part, that's been just a strictly pilot, you know, duty for. Sure. Yeah. Yep, that's very common. Yeah, very common. So, um, how about like personal life? Is there anything um, fun you want to tell us about your personal life? Are there any things you're super passionate outside of work about? Uh, outside of work, basically, life revolves around my kids now. I have a five-year-old and a one-and-a-half, uh, two boys. Yeah. So we're um, we're always breaking things up and chasing them. And basically, <laughs> <laughs> we we go to bed early, tired. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. A big hockey fan. Um, pretty okay. much everything, especially since we've moved. We spend a lot more time outdoors, a lot more activities, biking, fishing, definitely the beach more. So um, we're kind of, as long as we're outside, pretty happy. So. Well, that's great. Yeah. So wait, what about hockey, though? Is there any hockey in Florida? There's a lot of hockey here. Um, really? I actually was able to find a team, a men's league team, like the second week we were down here. Um, they play on Thursday no nights. And, uh, yeah, and it's, um, it's huge. And I guess part of it, I've also lived in Arizona for a little while. It was pretty big there. 
Um, I attribute it to it's, it's very hot most of the year, so it's a nice escape um, to walk into a big refrigerator. And then, uh, well, like Arizona, Florida, there's not a lot of actual Floridians here. It's everybody's from the Northeast or Midwest, oh, wow. and so they kind of <laughs> brought it with them. I'm uh, sure they're like trying to get away from the snow. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, if you could have, um, if you could have a perfect job, what would fit you, and where would you excel? Uh, you know, I really do enjoy the scheduling, the ninety-one and the one thirty-five. Um, I guess the what would make it perfect would probably be the flexibility, um, and. I guess micromanagement can be an issue. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's 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 nice to be trusted to you know do what you need to do um, without that constant feeling of somebody over your shoulder. And yep. uh, without that, I think you know, that's a different kind of pressure and anxiety than it would be if, for like I mentioned earlier, like an ASAP or mechanical. It's like when you have that one person over your shoulder or multiple people, whatever it is. So I think the little, you know, when they leave you to do your job because they know you can do it, you know, mm -hmm. by all means step in and, you know, critique and give when you need to. Um, but that, and I guess the overall flexibility and the, the, especially nowadays, I guess it's becoming more common, but um, the ability to work from home really helps, you know, especially with a young family. It's, so I can get the kids yep. to and from school and activities and still be reachable and do what I need to do. Make sure flights go. Yep. I totally agree. And I really hope that this whole industry switches over to be more remote in general, because um, it seems a little bit more common to be, have remote positions on the West coast. Seems like the East coast almost is a little bit slower. Now, I don't have any data on that, but it just feels like they, they still, want to see a butt in the chair um, just yeah. to see somebody there. Um, but yeah, I think the whole COVID thing is changing people's ideas about that too. They're realizing that these jobs can be done perfectly fine remotely. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I'm excited to see some of the changes there. So. Yeah. Well, let's see. So um, what if you were if you had any advice to somebody who is new coming into this industry what would you tell them like what would you are there any education pieces that you would suggest or what would you think would be good to start their path um i guess first off to have thick skin um the industry you know i started with airline um and then came to the private side. Both are very similar in the way that you really need to let things roll off your back and then move on and learn from it. Um, everybody mm -hmm. makes mistakes. I've made them. I think the best thing you can do, especially being new, is if you make a mistake, own up to it right off the bat so that we can fix it. And I think other people, your management and so on, and your superiors, have at least in my view, I feel like if you own up to it right away, they'll notice that you realize it was a mistake. Like sometimes you can make a mistake and I didn't realize you did it. And then it just causes that domino effect. And then those times where I've seen like, you know, I made a mistake early on, like I kind of tried to cover it up and that came back to bite me. So that was 
probably in my first few months of doing this job and realize right away, you know, own up to your mistakes, um, have a little thick skin, um, especially yeah. with 91 and 135. Some of the owners, you know, they're not, uh, there's some great owners and then there's some great owners who really <laughs> don't care about you. So uh, you can't take it personally. Like you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do, I guess, like anything else. Sure. Um, and there's a lot yeah. of great, um, a lot of great aviation related channels on YouTube that'll give you good info. Um, okay. Most of them geared toward actual flying, not so much this end, but you know, if your passion's okay. aviation, then stay with it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Very good advice. Excellent. Well, Bobby, thank you so much for taking your time today and telling us about your path. And I always find it very interesting. Um, especially the 135 side, because I know very little about that. Uh, but yeah, thank you again for coming and chatting with right. us. And uh, if people wanted to get a hold of you, is there a spot or where should they reach out to? Um, I'm not big for social media. Um, I, okay. I can give you my contact info, email and phone number. Okay. Okay. Um, All right. Sure. So if people want to reach out, um, feel free to reach out to me and then I'll connect you up with Bobby and um, make the connection. Okay. Great. Well, Great. thank you again. And we'll talk with you again soon. Great. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.